I've got a bone to pick with people, the world, and really just perception as a whole. Okay, so this what I'm wearing right now, right? This is my normal attire. I've worn this shirt a thousand times. Look back at the last time I wore this specific shirt on the podcast, probably just a couple weeks ago, okay? I don't change my clothes. And also, it's not that fashionable. So routinely in my life, I get deemed a slob or lazy or minimal effort guy, you know? That's just who I am in the world of fashion and appearance. And I'm okay with that, right? I've I've made my peace understanding that I'm never going to... You know, wow, people go, oh my gosh, this guy's putting in the effort. He's wearing the things, the pieces, the trinkets, you know, whatever it is that goes into style. But I went to my grandfather's birthday the other day. And as I kind of like tucked a wedgie, all right, I had inadvertently tucked my shirt. All right. So like this, I left the shirt and I went to there like that. And immediately for the first time in my life, wearing the same stuff. I always have people go, gosh, freaking dang, Mr. Hollywood, it's the star, smooth sailing. This is the guy. He's looking fresh to death. And that's great and all. I love the compliments. But what the freaking heck, man? I didn't do anything more but change. I freaking got a wedgie out, right? That's all I did. It's like, oh, you know what? It's just I'll leave it. Let's run it. Whatever. And for the first time in my life, dude, even my brother who has never complimented me or given me props on anything, I could become the president of the United States at before I'm even eligible. And you go, yeah, you know, I could have done that when I was busy this weekend. You know, I've never gotten anything from him, but I show up wearing this. All I did was tuck a wedgie. It's under my belt. And he goes, you know what? Not bad. Not bad at all. What the freak? What is it about a tuck shirt? That's it? That's all I've been missing, and I'm not worried about the compliments. That's not what's bothering. What's bothering me is that nobody told me this for 24 years. You know how much further in life I could have been if I was turning heads my whole life? Like, look at the difference. Neat. Slob. Pristine. Unprepared. Great. Not putting in the work. Freaking star. So, to all you people out there, who maybe have been struggling the same way I have been, tuck your freaking shirt because no one else is going to tell you, but I will. Tuck your shirt and watch doors open, okay? Because it might be too late for me, but it's not too late for you. Freaking progress in your life, all right? (laughs) Oh, yeah! Yes! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Full Circus. My name is Tristan Sartoris, and let me break down the situation for you here today. So, I have been dog-sitting, and I haven't been home. I'm, I'm currently in the middle of a rush, okay, so I don't have any room for error in recording this podcast. I'm, I'm dog-sitting. I came back because I'm on the way to go let my brother's dogs out. So I'm trying to hit a podcast on the way there, get that comeback, and then I also, in the middle of that, change vehicles, and then spin back there, finish that dog sitting job, and then move over to another gig that's also dog sitting. Um, so a lot of rushing, a lot of fur, but that's where we're at right now. So we're just going to try and enjoy this little pocket, this little moment, this 
blip in time that's just between us where we're going to have some fun and we're going to enjoy a little peace, man. So the dog I'm watching has been great. She's a, she's a sweetheart. She's a whale of a dog, okay? Freaking golden corral. She's a golden retriever. Um, and she doesn't really get exercise that much, I guess. So she just eats and she eats and she eats. I think they said, like, yeah, we don't feed her that much. You know, we give her, like, three or four scoops per per serving and then we do that like three times a day so effectively she's getting you know nine to twelve scoops and by the way usually one scoop of food is a serving so when they say that dog's not eating that much that means she's only eating 10 meals a day so <laughs> she's so fat and she is she's sweet she can be a little difficult just because you never know how a dog's gonna react when their owners just disappear they have separation anxiety they feel uncomfortable for the first couple of days, she's like, yeah, you know, they're coming back or whatever. But after a few days now, she's like, oh, um, I'm stuck with you, huh? Like, this is this is the gig we're doing. So she's like just whining. She's being sad. And it's hard to watch, man. It's hard to see. And I, I take her outside all the time, but she won't go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, well, you're eating 10 meals a day. I know you got to go to the bathroom. So I'll post up outside. I'll walk her around the house and then I'll just sit down and I'll do some work outside. Just letting her roam about because I know that you got to go to the bathroom. You're drinking all this water and she's got these stupid treats. It's like a little game where you move the jigsaw puzzle, or whatever. She's supposed to be a very smart dog. And I don't know whether she's smart or dumb because she doesn't actually do the game. She, But she's so smart that she knows how to break it. She just pulls out the whole thing from underneath it and eats 35 servings of treats as well. So she does that. And I'm like, I know you got to go to the bathroom. But I wait and I wait two hours or more. I sat outside just waiting for the stock to go to the bathroom. And she won't freaking go. So I let her back in. An hour passes. I'm like, okay, maybe the bowels have moved. Like, I don't, I'm not a veterinarian. I don't know the inner workings of a dog's digestive system, but I imagine the dog's got to go by now. I do the same situation. We wait and we wait and we wait, and this dog just will not go. So finally, I bring her back in. It's time for me to eat because I've spent all my time just trying to get this dog to poop. And she walks down the stairs. Okay, now I haven't been downstairs at this point. It's just an open door. This wasn't part of my house tour when I went to go meet the guy. So I follow her down in these corridors and follow this dog. Where are you going? You know, she doesn't move a lot. She's a kind of she's just a fatty. She just likes to lay down and sprawl and then eat when she can. So I follow this dog on this little journey and I flick on the lights. And dude, freaking, she had pissed multiple places. She's pooped a couple spots, and one of which was on the nicest white rug possible. So she wouldn't go to outside with me, but apparently, I don't know, maybe when I was sleeping or, I, I don't know, because I'm with her 24-7, but she snuck down here and she freaking crapped everywhere. So then I spent the rest of my day just scrubbing the piss out of this floor, literally, and um, it's just been very difficult, so... I don't know. I don't know what to say about dogs. They're sweet, but they're inconvenient. No matter how great a dog is on paper, there's always some drawbacks. So sweet little hopper is what they call her. And what's funny is that now she likes to be like on the couch in the bed with me or she'll whine. She's comfortable enough to complain. I mean, if you're comfortable enough to poop and make me clean it up, then, you know, there's not many emotional walls for us to kick down at this point. So she likes to get up on the bed now. And again, she's heavy. 
So it's like 1 a.m. I wake up, someone whining, trying to get up on the bed. I'm like, I don't have a crane nearby, so I got to get up there. And I'm lifting this dog with all my might. I swear she's heavier than I am. So I about throw my back out in the middle of every night. And then I try and get her up before I go to sleep. But she's like, I don't want to be up here right now. You know, this is more of a 1 a.m. gig. So I pick up and I got to put her back down and I go to sleep. And she's the whole situation, man. So it's it's cool. It's cool. I mean, she's sweet. We love little fat things, little pigs. It is a little terrifying when you live alone, though, because what you don't think about fat dogs is the just the gravitational force of a footstep. So, again, I'll be sitting there. I'm doing some work on my computer. And then I hear. And I'm thinking, well, I'm about to die because surely there's a 450-pound axe-wielding maniac marching down the hallway, right? Someone broke in. This is just how it's going to go. Sure enough, little whale comes around the corner. So it's scary, dude. It's scary thinking that there is another person or maybe even multiple people. Elephant herd! So that's my current situation, man. Just trying to deal with this dog. The house is chill. I'm eating up all the food, man. And they said I could. So I partook it and partake, right? They're like, hey... Have what you want if you need some food. I'm like, I'm probably not going to need that much. They leave. I open up the fridge go, are there crepes in here? I don't even really know what a crepe is. But rest assured, I have been trying it. Um, it's pretty tasty. I do have, you know, something to say about the bathroom window. Okay. And this goes for every freaking nice house that I dog sit at. I don't know what it is about the wealthy that they no longer like to have curtains or blinds or anything to obstruct a view of a window, but they just don't. They're like, hey, everybody, look at it. It's just pure right into the house as if there's no weird people about. So they have this giant window in the bathroom right in front of the toilet. Okay, now it might be fine if you're a lady, right? A lady where you're sitting down, you're not exactly in face of it. But me as a dude, I'm standing up in front of this window full force, okay? I didn't sign up for this. And quite frankly, neither did the rest of the neighborhood, right? Get some curtains, something. So I'm trying to put like horse blinders on as I'm trying to pee because I'm worried that my balls are right up against the glass. I don't know what the deal is about. Why can't we obstruct a view, dude? There's perverts everywhere. I don't care how nice the neighborhood is. You just think there's no bad people about. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the, the method, method, I don't know what the thinking is there. The methodology. Dictionary check. Um, I don't know what the belief is there that maybe if you just like, oh, it costs a good bit to live in this neighborhood. So surely there's no weirdos. Mm -mm. There's weirdos everywhere. And if I can see people outside the window, they can see me. So it's just an awkward situation, dude. What do you do? But that's just the way that it is. I mean, I think everybody just looks in their situation with rose-colored glasses, rose-tinted. Is that the saying? Is it rose-tinted? Whatever, like you, you're looking at it as if it's like really nice. Wait, let me look this up. Rose-tinted glasses meaning. The phrase seeing the world through rose-tinted glasses refers to individuals who have a tendency to see everything in a positive light. Exactly, dude. Exactly. That's what people think when they just leave their windows open. But I'm not a part of the neighborhood and I'm scared. I'm not used to putting on a freak show. Lock it down. So, anyways, looking through the world through rose-tinted glasses. Which is, dude, roses are red, by the way. So, technically, that means you're looking at the world through red and what does that mean anger it means someone's out for blood 
whatever. Sayings, dude. Think about your sayings. I feel like sayings that people come up with, they just say the words like, well, that's just our phrase now. Okay, we just say, looking at the roast into glasses, but aren't roses red? Doesn't that mean, that doesn't worry. Roast into glasses. It's roast, isn't it? You know, like screwed the pooch. Who came up with that one and just went, this is my catchphrase now. Yeah, I screwed the pooch. What? Shut that down or stand behind it and go to jail. What the heck is that about? So many sayings are just ridiculous. Like, it is what it is. I'm guilty of saying it, but it makes zero sense altogether. Hey, it is what it is. Well, of course it is what it is. It never is what it isn't. It'll always be what it'll be. It never will what it won't because it was what it was. So it effectively, it is what it is, dude. So I don't know the belief around sayings or who comes up with them, but just people, you got to dissect these things. It's like so long ago, people just started throwing words and like, yeah, we say this now and we still do it change it up man so i'm working on that look forward i'm probably gonna write a book of just a bunch of good hilarious funny and intelligent sayings that make a lot of sense because that's how you make change in the world you see that sense to change boom <laughs> so anyways what else is happening aliens are gone right that whole thing took the world by storm immediately Aliens are real. What are we going to do? How are we going to fight? How are we going to protect? How are we going to make peace and, and coming together? What the frick? Immediately just disappeared. Forgot about it. Oh, yeah, aliens are coming. As oh, wait, the Barbie movie's out. Doesn't matter. These people truly believe without a shadow of a doubt that aliens were here to stay and we were about to make peace with extraterrestrial life forms. But then movies came out. Oh, Barbie, Oppenheimer. Forget about it. What? Oh, what? The galaxy? Who cares? The theaters are opening. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, it doesn't bother me. I don't think about it because I don't really think they're there. But that's not to say aliens aren't out there again, dude. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I, I'm <laughs> I'm an open-minded skeptic. I think that's how I would identify in the realm of aliens. You know, like I'm open to the possibility. And, but if you show me some proof, I'm probably still not going to believe it. You know, because I still don't think it's there. So just a world where everything is big in the moment until the next thing, you know, you never really know what's going to get people riled up. I was thinking about that because politics are going around again right now. And and I wish politics were more like aliens. Right. We care more about our Ohio politics and things that are happening more than aliens being real. And then we just leave them behind. We don't just leave an issue like, oh, man, the vote's getting overturned and this is happening. This is whatever. You know, we just we we deal with that and we fester and marinate in anger and hatred for it why don't we ever just leave the politics behind and go see barbie what's the deal why are politics so important the thing right now is this it was issue issue one dude this is how little i know about it um but i see it all the time and it just got passed or denied one of the two so congratulations or sorry whichever side you're on but i know that it's so split because i was taking a walk because i'm healthy now and I see all these signs. Oh, no, vote yes. Oh, no, vote yes. And I see opposing streets. This guy's got a sign. This guy's got a sign. Vote no, vote yes, vote no. Also, dude, what are the signs doing? Okay, I'm, I'm not trying to belittle completely, but a genuine question, what is the sign effectively doing? Right? If you say, vote no, it's like, oh, I was driving past. I wouldn't even think about it a second chance. But then he said, vote no. And he's got a really nice yard. So I'm thinking, 
I might be persuaded here. What is the sign doing? It's like those people who post all over social media with their little, I voted sticker, so go out and do it. You're like, oh, you know, I didn't think I was going to take a hand in the politics, but then I saw that sticker on your sweater. I just, I don't know. I don't know what the actual effect is. What's the goal there? But the only thing I see that signs are doing are getting more people riled up. I guess it invites some teepees, some egging to the house, but on both sides. So people are just attacking each other through the street. Um, so I don't know, man, but it's just, it is what it is, dude. It is freaking what it is. And I'll never understand politics. I wish I did. It's just that I looked up this thing, this issue. I mean, you wouldn't think it, by the way, I'm describing it. Is it issue? Whatever. Did it get passed? Did it not? Did it even happen? I don't know. But I looked it up when it first coming about. And I was like, I don't even really understand it. It was saying the majority or whatever in context. I'm like, yeah, I think I get it. But I still don't know what the right option is, right? Where's my group of people where I'm like, I'm looking at it and you're giving me the breakdown. This guy says, this is the answer because we will prosper and it will make things better. And we go, okay, that's the right thing. Next group of people say, no, this is the right answer because we will prosper and it will make us great and we will do better in everything. And you go, dang, that makes a lot of sense. But where are the people like me that go, wait a minute, both of these people have facts. I don't know which one's the best option. You know, that's why I don't think it's even smart for me to go out and vote because I want you to picture this, man. What if there weren't 300 million Americans voting in this election and someone actually came to you, you, and said, these are the issues at hand, okay? What are we going to do for real? Like, what do you, th this is your vote. Your vote truly matters. Whatever you say here is how we're going to change the future. You ever watch those, like, Back to the Future movies, stuff like that? The smallest little change, catastrophic future. Everything's small. You're dictating everything that happens going forward. And I say, hey, are we voting yes or no on this? Is no one else just like, yeah, I don't know. Where's the pressure at for people? Why is everybody so certain of exactly what's right for America, for the world? Nobody seems to think about this, man. And everybody thinks they're right. Everybody knows they're right. That's the difference. Everyone's like, yeah, I am 100% certain this is what we need to be doing. But the thing is, both people can't be right. Everybody's got supporting facts for each individual cause. And you never know if that's even true. I mean, you have a million supporting facts and make a good case for flat earth, right? You go, oh, wow. I mean, on paper, the things that you're laying out make a lot of sense. But I only don't believe it because I know the world is round. But I guess even then, what do I really know? Because I haven't been tucking my shirt for 24 years. So, <laughs> dude, not everybody can be right, but everybody can be wrong. So I just don't know. I don't know, dude. What is the answer? Where's the... I just wish there was more I don't knows. I feel like there's not a enabling for people to just say, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Oh, have you looked into it? Yeah, I've looked into it. I just genuinely don't know what the answer is. I feel like anybody who's ever been in the grocery store and be like, well, I don't know. Like, this one's 16 ounces, but this one's 12. However, this one is name brand. It comes with a little less, but this one's generic. So I'm getting a little bit more, but this one's also 20. Like, if you've ever gone back and forth and you can't decide, if you're indecisive in any point in your life in the peanut butter aisle, then you probably shouldn't be deciding on the world's future. And I'm in that boat. Okay. So that's why I shouldn't be doing it. However, I would be, I would make a great president. And this is why I'd make a great president, dude. 2036, right? 35 or whatever. Yeah. V me in 2036. This is my campaign. 
when I become president, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Mr. President, what do you think we should be doing about this, the climate change and the whatever and the gun control and all the things that are dealing with our country to help us to prosper, go further as a nation, one together? I go, I don't know. All right. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I want out of my leader. I don't want someone BSing and pretending that they know what's best and that their way is the right way. I want somebody to just go, dude, I don't know. All right, everybody, let me just, okay, let me just speak to the whole nation here. I don't really know what's going on, okay? And I don't know which option is the best, but I'm going to try some things, okay? I'm just going to throw it out. If it sticks, it works, great. But if not, we'll go back. I feel like there should be more just freaking opened up the audio file and found out that the last 10 minutes or so have been terrible audio. So I just want to apologize for you guys that you had to experience that. I'm sorry it wasn't as crisp and as clean as I would have liked it, but... It is what it is. <laughs> Sorry, though. There should be more acceptance of the present just being wrong. You know, like you try and do whatever to the tax rates. And he goes, you know what? That was a bad idea. Let's go back. We need more of that. I need the president just to be like, yeah, I, I biffed that one, okay? It happens, all right? I went up for the kick, wide left. I want someone to just be like, dude, yeah, it didn't work out. It didn't go the way we thought it did, so we're going back. So we're going to try it the way that other people said. That's what I need out of a president who listens to both sides and goes, look, we're going to try this. We're going to try this. If it works, great. If not, we're back where we are. All right? We all don't know what we're doing. Are we not just all trying to survive and get through the day and get across all these stupid sayings? Aren't we all just trying to get through life without screwing the pooch? <laughs> Anyways, politics, man. Politics. What are they even good for? I don't know. The only reason I think about it is one, because it's up, and again, there's always some sort of due diligence. It's your responsibility to be going out and voting and helping the country. I think it's your responsibility to admit the fact that you don't know what you're doing and skedaddle. So, here we are again. Man, what's happening right now is I really want to get into stand up. I've been meaning to get into it for a long time. But, one, I have a natural pff, stage fright, I guess you could say. I feel comfortable acting like I can do that on stage because it's like, oh, these are my written lines. I can perform the Shakespearean play in the theater and pretend. But with stand-up, dude, you are, you're not pretending to be anybody. You are yourself. You're selling Tristan Sartorius. And what I have to say, like, this is the thing about stand-up. You get up there and you say, hey, guys, what I have to say is so groundbreakingly funny. Like, you guys all have your jokes and your knock-knock jokes and whatever you want to say that you make each other laugh. But I feel like whatever I have to say is so astronomically humorous that I need to get up in front of you and be like six inches off the ground in a little elevated stage and tell all of you that. All right, so there's immediate pressure and expectations. If you don't meet these, that's a little nerve-wracking. But that's not even what I'm procrastinate about but what I worry about is like system okay because like I need to be so prepared for everything that I do I need to know hey how long am I going is there a light that kicks me off stage what's the etiquette where do I happen so I need to go to these places and like scope them out I need to know what the situation is long beforehand so I can mentally prepare that's just who I am um so I need to get into it I need to stop procrastinating but gosh dang it it is what it is dude but I think it would be fun. I think it would be fun to be heckled, dude. I think I would handle a heckler great. I mean, I've got older brothers, dude. Shoot your shot. Let's have some fun. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, 
the thing is, I don't think there's a lot of 20-year-olds hitting up the comedy clubs. I don't think that's a young man's scene. I think it's more like, oh, people in their 30s, couples going out late 30s, 40s, whatever, like they go out to have some fun. And I don't know how much of my own demographic would be in a comedy club, right? So it would be interesting in the aspect of having like relatable comedy because you're commenting on a topic that everybody experiences and they go, oh, that's an interesting viewpoint that you see it like that and this. Right? So I don't know how I would fare with like a 45-year-old being in the audience because they're going, ah, like, I don't know how to relate and be on the same wavelength that you are, you know, because this guy's gone through a divorce. He's got a couple mortgages. He's trying to put three kids through college. And then here I am up on stage and I'm going, hey, you know the time when uh, you wake up and you really want to pop to our, but then you, you realize you ate it last night. He's like, oh my gosh, dude, this guy, this kid has no idea. I don't, this, none of this is for me. So, I don't know, I guess if I got into it and I'd have to start writing some better material, make sure it's tailored in a sense that everybody can enjoy it. But you know what, that's a, that's a thing for me to kind of address. But I'm feeling funny, dude, I'm feeling great. However, man, you know what I did just get a few times, and this is something that I hate when it happens, but somebody, okay, commented, on one of my recent videos, and he said, when's the next episode of Seinfeld are you gonna copy? As if I was taking the jokes from the sitcom and presenting them to you guys as my own. Now, this didn't bother me in the sense where you hurt my feelings, okay? But just because it didn't break me doesn't ignore the fact that you're a bad guy, plain and simple. But he said that, and this happens all the time where I'm doing something, people go, oh, that's from something, you did this, you're copying, you're like, no, 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 wait, 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 I'm just riffing, you know, and again, it's like a compliment, I'm glad that my improv is matching up to someone's favorite sitcom, they're like, oh, I'm just on the fly here, and someone sat in a room and wrote these jokes thoughtfully and purpose, and like, yes, I'm on the right track, but it feels a little bit like getting in really great shape. And someone goes, oh, dude, you're on steroids. And you're like, I'm not on steroids. I work for this, man. This is good effort. So, anyways, that happened. And it's just hard because it's like, well, I, I can't consume every piece of comedic material that's ever existed. I guess I probably should watch Seinfeld because this has happened multiple times with this show specifically. And regarding, like, the tuck thing, just at my, my grandfather's birthday party, right? So I'm doing this whole tuck skit. Now everybody's talking about it, so it becomes a bit, a gag. I go, oh, dude, I'm tuck guy. Tuck guy doesn't participate in this because I'm not one of the not-tucked individuals and I act this way. Tuck guy does this and tuck guy experienced these things. You know, this is what tuck people do because I'm tucked. So I'm doing this whole thing and it's killing, it's crushing, we're having fun and we're laughing. And I, at the, <laughs> at the end of the day, I do one last thing, and it gets the laughs. Oh, Tuck Guy strikes again, you know, because Tuck people are funny, I guess. And then my brother goes, oh, I just realized that was from Seinfeld. I go, oh, my God, you, you've got to be kidding me. And I've talked this with my, my younger brother, Nick, and I watched him from across the room choke on his ice cream because he thought it was so funny that, again, I have been foiled by life. I don't know why. I'm, I'm not consuming these things. I don't copy anything purposely. If you've watched this podcast for any amount of time, you know that my greatest fear is not even repeating what other people say, but even taking a joke that I have already said and giving it back to you. So I try to be so diligent, but what can you do, man? Funny things are funny, and similar minds 
follow similar paths, I guess. So I've gotten two Seinfelds, and then another day we were just at the lake. We're gathering up to take a family photo, and I'm killing it, right? I'm just on fire. I'm like, boom. Like, dang, it's like he's. I wasn't doing like that, but it was kind of musical the way I was entertaining people. And a one particular line that crushes, bang, singer, they laugh. And then my sister-in-law goes, oh, that's from something. I go, no, it's not. I just made it up right now. And they go, no, it is. I go, oh, my freaking ass. Why, God, God, why do you do this? So I have been plagued by this so many times in my life, not just these three that happened over this weekend. But it is unfortunate when you get hit multiple times. Hey, do something original. Freaking I am trying. Um, so how fun is that, dude? How fun is that? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I can either be so far removed from everything that maybe that forges my own comedic take even sharper, this funnel it even tighter, or I could go on a crash course and I could try and consume every movie, sitcom, comedic special, improv, joke book, everything that's out there, and experience it all, internalize it, and then make my own. I don't know. It's a very difficult situation. But that's what's been going on, man. I think that's all I gotta talk about because I do have to... Yeah, I gotta book it out of here in a few. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be having fun with you guys. So I don't know, man. If people come at you and they say, hey, you're not funny, what you're doing isn't original. I mean, I get no, they, I guess it's funny because it relates to their favorite show or whatever, but they're like, hey, you're copying this thing and you've never seen it and there's nothing you can do and it keeps on happening. It is what it is, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm having a great time. I do miss being back home. There's something to be said about the familial warmth. You're back with the family, dude. Um, you just love the family. They're great. Oh, you know what was funny? I was thinking about how great moms were during that ice cream exchange right before that. Because you know what's great about moms is that, I mean, dads never stop being dads but they kind of like grow up with the kids. Moms always have such a strong motherly nature to them that the kids are always like eight years old to her. So we were bringing out all this ice cream. Okay, now when normal people see ice cream, what do they do? Oh, ice cream, that looks delicious. Moms see the ice cream and they go, oh, I know which one of my kids like this flavor. I know which one of my kids likes this flavor. So they bring out this ice cream and they see mint chocolate chip. Now my brother is freaking about to be 22 years old. My mom sees and goes, oh, Nick, they have mint chocolate chip. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll have some. But to my mom, she has such a caring, you know, that just that motherly instinct to just to bring and provide happiness and joy in something that used to make people go, oh, mint chocolate chip, you know? And it's such a sweet thing. And I know my mom gets annoyed by the fact that she does that. It's like, oh, I didn't mean to tell you to drive that way or to do this. Or I know you have to do this. I know you're not five. Um, I don't mind it at all. I think it's sweet because I love the fact that mothers stay kind of just, I don't even know. I don't know how to describe it. But they're just so motherly. It's funny. It's adorable. And it's great. So moms, keep being moms. And... Um, and please tell me if you see my favorite ice cream. I, I think that's a great quality. I'll never, I'll never be annoyed like, Mom, you're embarrassed. I'll, I'll get the ice cream myself. If you see some nice flavors of ice cream, send them my way. All right? So anyways, guys, thank you so much. 
for tuning in. Hope you have a beautiful time, beautiful weekend, beautiful day. Oh, what are you up to right now? Are you on a walk right now? Yeah, I hope you have a beautiful walk too. Oh, he's a nice guy. He doesn't comment mean things on other people's videos. He only wishes good experiences for others. That's my new song, so hopefully I didn't copy that from somebody else. Yeah! I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace! Don't fall down. Woo! <laughs>